Dear Society, Black History Month is used to recognize the contributions and achievements Black people and the African diaspora have made across the world. And it's a great way for people to learn more about like the harms of racism and how to like combat all these negative stereotypes that Black people are placed in. Also, it's like to honor the culture that has been oppressed for so many years and just honor how far they, we've gotten in um, yeah, but, equal rights. Yeah, even though there still is um, more ways for equal rights that we still need to get to. Yeah. yeah. So our topic today is about Black History Month and we're going to choose to talk about two people each for the past, the present, and the future of Black history. I guess I'll go first. The person I chose for my past, one of them, was Dorothy Heights. She got accepted into Barnard College, but at the time didn't admit any African Americans. So instead, she went to NYU and got a bachelor's in education and a master's in psychology, which is awesome for the time because a lot of Black women didn't really get a chance to go to college. And when she first got out, she became a social worker in Harlem, New York. That's like in the city part. And then she later joined the Harlem's Young Women's Christian Association. And she became a leader of that one. And another woman that she met, which is not one of my people, but is so important, was Marthy Mary Bethuny. I'm not sure if I said that right. But she was the president for the National Association of Colored Women and they met (laughs) and she was a really influential person in changing black people from voting for the republican party also known as the party of lincoln the democratic party and in the national um colored women's club which is what she was in she advocated a lot for ending lynching of african americans and she helped to reconstruct the criminal justice system and she became the fourth president of this club and a lot of presidents and political figures such as Eleanor Roosevelt, Dwight D. Eisenhower, and Lyndon B. Johnson um, consulted her for councils wow. in their presidency. So what time period was this? So it was around like the 1950s and 30s around that time. This is when she was like really like mm-hmm. in the movement. Yeah, like in her prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in prime. Wow. Uh, this is actually like kind of interesting because um, she did so much for black Literally. rights. But then I, but then you think about it, I have never been told about this lady, right? Yeah, or like in school, I've never heard of her, and it's kind of sad because I feel like school doesn't really teach us about all this. Yeah, and a big thing about that one is she was actually like there when like when like Martin Luther King Jr. was like really like fighting like heavily, but she was mm-hmm. she was there for like the March on Washington. But they wouldn't let her, um, they wouldn't let her speak or say any remarks because she was a woman. So it was, it, it's also like a lot to do with like feminism and black people in yeah, the civil yeah. rights movement, which I feel is a lot like overshadowed by like Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X. These were very influential people, but I feel like they kind of took away from women, even though they didn't. Yeah, they took away her voice. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really like impressive of her but it's like really weird how we just never hear about these people mm-hmm. and yeah you know it just really tells us like yeah you know yeah. all right so <laughs> i got my person that i'm going to present so i immediately went with marcia p johnson for my past because she was um 
a huge social activist and a huge person for both black rights and gay rights. So um, she, while she grew up, she had like a really Christian, like heavily religious childhood, right? And she never conformed to gender because she was born a guy, right? But um, she never like conformed to either one of the genders, really. I understand, I feel it. Yeah. So she would call herself a drag queen, but she also, you know, sort of was like presented herself gender non conforming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What time period was this in? Uh, This was around the 19, like, 50s, 60s. Yeah. That's actually really cool. Right? I've heard a lot about I feel like all all the stuff she must have gone through. Yeah. It's it's crazy. So, um, she finally went with her persona as Russian P. Johnson because that was her, like, drag queen name, you know? But that's obviously what she would have done in history as, you know? So, she became, like, a main face of the queer revolution, which is also really, like, that's a huge achievement considering that she was also at the time like being oppressed for being black yeah. you know yeah. but she also had an extremely huge and important platform for the gay community that's really cool yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah and she was one of the main people to like work in stonewall really like to start oh, it rice? and yeah 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 awesome i feel like i've mm-hmm. heard a lot about okay her, but i don't think they teach that in school not because like yeah. not because like she was black, but because she was um, part of the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like they really talk about that at school like at all. I feel like that's a very like touchy subject. Yeah. which I don't yeah. really know why because I mean yeah, LGBTQ people exist and they're part of history. They should be yeah. talked about. Yeah, and yeah, and that's like, like extremely the, important. Yeah, the like biggest topic that like a lot of schools never cover is um black trans women yeah Yeah. and it's like a huge thing now i feel like because they don't cover this because they don't cover like lgbtq um Mm -hmm. black americans they like um that's what spurs all this hate you know yeah i feel like if it was more common yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah. i feel like if it was more common to teach this stuff in school like it wouldn't be as bad as it is but even then like a lot of people now um, and it's like good because school hasn't taught us this, but we still found a way to like learn more about it. And I would like to learn more about it. Yeah, me too. Um, okay. Um, okay, I'll go into my person then. So mm-hmm. I picked Sojourner Truth. I'm not sure if I'm saying that wrong. I'm sorry if I am, but she was an American abolitionist, and she also fought for women's rights. Um, interesting thing is, she was born into slavery, but she escaped with her infant daughter which was in 1826, I believe. And um, she also had a, this daughter she had with a white man who she then sued in um, court and won, which she was the first black woman to do that. And it was like really crazy at the time. Yeah. Wait, I have a question. Was, That's like, the, like, was, revolutionary. Like, was the white man like her, like her slave owner? Or like, just like- I'm actually not sure about that. Okay. But I just know that, um, it was like a really big thing at that time and it inspired a lot of women to finally be able to do that and i feel like that's a lot of a big thing that nobody talks about is the fact that Mm -hmm. um these like slave owners they always raped their um slaves and then they would have to have children and it's like what do you do with the children and this woman she was a great mom she fought for her child and she won and it's like 
really crazy that in 1828 she was able to do this yeah that's insane yeah. like you have to take into the fact that like with the judges at the time also yeah social were, like, norms all yeah. that it's like crazy uh-huh. that she was able to do that also she um recruited soldiers for the civil war with harriet tubman which and That's everything crazy. that she did caught the attention of abraham lincoln who then also invited her to the white house so that was great how like does no one like talk about this ever That's yeah so I feel confusing like, i feel like a lot of this could like yeah um a lot more people focus on like black men rather than black women yeah but a lot mm. of black women did so much as well which is i feel like is often ignored you know I just mm-hmm. think school is like trying to like water down Black History Month and like yeah. Black people's yeah, contributions yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, they do. Because it's just like, they make it like downplay it. Like, oh, they just kind of like, they just whip their slaves sometimes. And yeah, of yeah. But it was like, no. And it was I terrible. feel like they like yeah. sugarcoated yeah, yeah. a lot of Actually, it, you know. not so fun story. Um, I remember in middle school, we were walking down the um, hallway. And you know how teachers always do like Black History Month projects? A lot of them do that. Yeah. But I feel like they just do it, like, to not be criticized, you know? Yeah. Like, they just do mm-hmm. it for show. And so I was walking down. Yeah. And, like, they posted these things, like, all up on the wall. And you look at it, and it's mm-hmm. like, you don't see anybody that's, like, actually, like, very, did a lot. Like, I saw this one person did um, XXX. Wow. For their project. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> but they don't mention all these black uh, women, these trans women, these like really yeah. powerful figures in black history and i feel like the teachers never mm-hmm. do anything about that you know I just don't and that's why care. all this yeah i don't think they yeah. yeah and i feel like well i feel like a lot of them could care but just... like there's some some that definitely could care yeah but they don't like mm-hmm. put in the effort to teach it you know and i feel like that's yeah. so important to teach black history so i'm gonna talk about my second person and it's Ida B. Wells. I think I said the first name right. I'm not really sure. But, um, so in 1884, she won a lawsuit against a train company that threw her off. She got a ticket for first class and they threw her off because she was a black woman. And she won the case in the local court. But it was overturned in federal court, which is like crazy. Yeah. Wow. So, like, she won, but then she lost again. And then after that, like, her her parents and her one of her her little brother i'm pretty sure died because of oh what was that it was like it was a disease i forgot which one it was but then she moved to a lot of like um education and she like wrote a lot and one of her friends was actually lynched and he was like a grocery store owner and that really caught her attention oh my God. and she did a lot of then she wrote a lot about um white mob violence and her expose enraged so many of the locals like in her town that they went to her like her her office like her press office and they burned it down mm-hmm. and then oh all my the threats got so so bad that she had to like move away yeah so what's like really weird about that is that like even now if you try to like inform people like we said before that people aren't being informed enough about like all the different black women black people mm-hmm. that did stuff for the movement is that like mm-hmm. they get almost like mad for people like talking about yeah, yeah. what and happened. And if you look you at know? it, like yes, Martin Luther King did so much, but they never mentioned all the other like wonderful people who did so much for it too. And it's just like really like you know, it seems like they're watering down everything. I just like, feel like said. people want to talk about like the like the dirty history of America. They just try to be like, 
yeah, oh, well, yeah. we're sorry about slavery, but like it wasn't. It was kind of long ago, and like it doesn't really affect people, but it affects people. Maybe exactly. Not, like, maybe no one's like a slave or whatever now, but it's like the repercussions of it are so like really like ingrained in our society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like yeah. they glorified like um, this country like so much. Yeah. That is, yeah. Like, and they also really like go into it. just black history in general because they were they didn't even like go into detail about it it was just like they were slaves and then you know someone waved a magic wand and everything's yeah. fine now no racism yeah, yeah. no segregation yeah yeah i feel like that's what a and lot of there's like, still stuff that happens that's what a lot of people think is that there's not racism anymore just because there's no slavery mm-hmm. but then you see how many people yeah. are like going through like um hate crimes even around and the all world that. there's still, yeah yeah, like, yeah it's not only here it's everywhere and mm-hmm. it's horrible like pr- police brutality like a lot of people focus on america for that but it's also really prominent in um europe and it's just crazy mm-hmm. like yeah. you know yeah people still like don't want to hear yeah what they yeah. need to hear yeah yeah do you guys remember that when um, that guy he was it was like a couple like a month ago or so a couple months ago he was like lynched do you remember that it was like all over the news he was like running yeah yeah, yeah. Like, people were like oh well it was a one-time thing God- Black men now aren't lynched, but a bunch mm-hmm. of people, especially in, like, the South, aren't, like, lynched mm-hmm. all the time. And then it's, it's like, yeah. how can you say that exists when it's happening right now? And it's, like, it wasn't racially motivated. Like, yeah. Obviously, it was racially motivated. And yeah. with um my person, Ida, she she was also, like, a really big, like, activist within the women's suffrage movement. And she talked a lot about, like, lynching. Mm-hmm. But, believe it or not the women inside of like the big suffrage organizations and like stuff like that they ignored her they literally oh ostracized her because mm. she was a black woman and i feel like in the women's suffrage movement it was a great thing for giving women like rights and like the ability to vote and things like that but they completely ignored black women because black women didn't get the the ability to vote black women men to like way later than that okay so my second person is fanny lou hammer and she was born in 1917 in Mississippi. And what is like strange to me really is that she was born in like 1917, you know, like late 1910s. Mm-hmm. And she, like, since she was growing up in poverty, she still like worked in a plantation, you know? Like her and her family were still in a plantation like at that time. And, she was the only one who could read and write. Wow. Which is in her family? So, like conf- mm-hmm. No, in oh, the in the plantation. Oh. The major like event that happened in her life about activism was that in 1961 she received a hysterectomy, which if you don't know what that is, that's where they like remove like your entire almost your entire reproductive system, you know, like your ovaries and I think even your like your uterus yeah, too so, sure. so yeah and it wasn't like, and consensual right no not at yeah. all <laughs> she was getting a tumor removed from her uterus but it was almost like it was it was a racially motivated yeah. act because even at the time uh it was a way to like for them Sterilize. to reduce yeah. the black yeah, population yeah, yeah. is what yeah. they said yeah and it was even like a popular thing that happened it even had a name it was called a, a mississippi appendectomy when was this in the 60s oh, oh and wow. about so, that black women especially in like in like like medicine not medicine but like when they go to the hospital and they have like a baby or something mm-hmm. they're often ignored mm-hmm. and black women are more likely to die in childbirth than like any other race and it's like it's because like they don't 
I'm not saying that like every non-black doctor or yeah. nurse doesn't like think that doesn't, isn't racist. That's not. I don't think any like all of them are racist. But yeah. They just don't. They think that black women experience pain differently. So when they bring their concerns up about like pain or something like that, they just like mm-hmm. ignore it often. Yeah, yeah. Because that's. So I think I heard this somewhere. Um, that mm-hmm. um, there was a study conducted. Um, and obviously it wasn't very factual, <laughs> but um, yeah. in the study they said they showed that um, black people they actually like um, feel less pain in quotation marks. Like uh, how long ago? Yeah, was that it was study? it was long ago, yeah. and that's the funny part uh, that they're still going with this study as a way to like still... you know yeah this it was like a TikTok by this doctor and they were talking about like racism in mm-hmm. medicine. And there's like this literal formula mm. and it's like it's was talking about how black people are like more likely to have like a certain type of disease because they are black and it's not like it's like genetic it's just like racism it's literally just racism it's not like they're more inclined it's just racism like if you're black you have this a lot of people just kind of ignore all the racism that happens in the medical yeah. field yeah but when you look at it a lot of things really happen yeah, because, I mean, literally every job field is still working on, like, racism yeah. in the workplace yeah. and yeah, prejudice yeah. in the workplace. And obviously, compared to the past, we've moved, like, pretty decent, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. But there's still so much that people don't really talk about. And it's, yeah. like, yeah. like okay. I actually did not know that, um, that um, people, black women and black, just black people in general, were more likely to be ignored. Um until like recently which is yeah. something like crazy yeah. like another major thing that happened with her is that um well like women you know they gained like the that one amendment you know where they received voting rights you know mm-hmm. um but the truth is that black women weren't allowed to vote until like 50 years after that was passed mm-hmm. so in 1963 um she successfully registered to vote finally okay after women were received the right to vote it still took so long you know but they were arrested um her and several other black women were arrested for sitting in a white only bus station and at the jailhouse they were um like brutally brutally beaten so she received like lifelong injuries from people like you know, harassing mm-hmm. her, and most likely the yeah. cops too. Yeah, were definitely involved. Oh, in that. and I saw another I thing just... about that. There was this woman, and she was arrested. I think it was just for like a minor like traffic violation or something like that. But like, don't quote me on it. And when they brought mm-hmm. her to like the like the the jailhouse, I don't know what it's called. She was she was <laughs> like they took the picture of her, and then she mysteriously mm-hmm. like died. But in the picture, they like tried to like cover it up. She was already dead in the picture. She was already oh my like, god! Beat her, and then she was dead. And they took the picture. That's and they horrible. tried to cover it up. Like you can clearly see that she's dead in this picture. Like, hello. That's horrible. I just I literally cannot for the life of me understand like why people would do this. Like they claim to be such great people, you yeah. know. But then they go yeah. around and they do this, and it's just like, like why? Just, like, There's no around. reason to. After like all of that, those bad things happened to her. Um, she founded like multiple, um, multiple organizations oh, for cool. like the Democratic Party, 
and the thing was that even at that time the democratic party which like now is associated you know with like more equal rights Some yeah rights. progressive more centrist, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but um at the time her democratic party like locally was trying to block participation for black people right so she founded um uh, the mississippi freedom democratic party wow so that gave her and other black people like you know a platform mm-hmm. i guess i'll go into my second person and for my second person i picked mary ann shad and um she was actually born to parents who had a safe house in the underground railroad um and they were both activists which is definitely what um led her to yeah. become an activist yeah and since she was born in the like underground railroad part she um actually worked there too and she established yeah. and taught schools ta- taught at wow. schools for the african-american students and um uh she also like created a lot of educational books like she educated that was like one of her biggest thing education and publishing books um and so um at this time the united states passed a fugitive slave act and there were two of them so fugitive slave acts anyways Mm -hmm. um which allowed the slave owners to recapture um escaped enslaved um people even if like they're in the north yeah yeah yeah. it allowed them to recapture them and so she in um as a response to this wrote books on how to um move to canada that's she (laughs) yeah she herself moved to canada that's so good she was like encouraging these um enslaved people to um Mm -hmm. go to canada to escape it because obviously they can't recapture you in a place that doesn't follow united states laws yeah and so that was really good and she she also um created a uh publishing company i think Mm -hmm. oh no no no. i'm sorry she was a newspaper publisher she founded the provincial freeman which was also in canada so a lot of her work was done in canada but it was done for the slaves in america which i found really smart because you can't really arrest her in canada captures arrest her in Canada yeah you can't do you can't get her really smart so she's I don't know if you guys remember this but it was like a couple years ago when we were in middle school and we read this book about how um these slaves they like went to like um to like they they all like escaped slavery and they went to this like town where it was just slaves and then a bunch of slaves you remember that yeah oh yeah I I read that book yeah it was a summer reading one right but they went over there and they um, and then, like, I yeah. think the slave owners, like, went to chase them, and they, like, took some of them back, and then, like, they set it on fire or something like that. Yeah. I don't oh, know wow. if I remember that. Maybe it was a summer reading book. Maybe I just didn't read it. Yeah, I, yeah, read, I read that one. I remember that. I think Kate and I, I were, like, the, the only two class people, which is kind of ironic. Like, sweet, hectic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I guess now I'll talk about my first person from the present. So, um... My person is Stacey Abrams. I feel like a lot of people like know about her now, especially because of social media and her like alignment with like, yeah. AOC and like a bunch of other like Democratic leaders and stuff like that. So she ran mm-hmm. for um, office in Georgia, but she actually mm-hmm. lost to this guy named Brian Kemp, who's literally like the worst person ever. So what Kemp did was he tried to like push like 
these minorities peoples like away from like, the polling places so he could like win he was basically mm-hmm. like suppressing votes like yeah he did that he did, now, that? He did that like now, now? like yeah. <laughs> but these Abrams I mean, I'm yeah, not really surprised. surprised. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. she worked really hard to get a lot of um, black voters to like register to vote and actually vote like in their districts. And she founded this yeah. um, organization called Fair Fight Action, and it addressed voter suppression in 2018, which mm-hmm. is crazy. That should be like, like extinct. There should be no such thing as voter suppression. Like everyone should get the right to vote. Like if you are an American, yeah. you have the right to vote. Period. And if, even though like she didn't win, and Brian Kemp did, she um, it boosted like Georgia's um, voter turnout in the 2020 election, and that's basically how Biden won Georgia. And within like the special election for the Senate, that's how the two um, Democrats got elected. Another like little like fun fact about Stacey Abrams, which is not really like a big a deal, but when she was a freshman in 1992. Um, Georgia had like a like in their flag it had like a confederate symbol like in their flag and she actually went to the capital the Georgia Capitol building and she participated in a flat a state flag burning so yeah and then <laughs> that's so good Lady good Day for her flag, so that's just like a fun fact I guess yeah and that's great um actually I was gonna pick her too I found like what she did yeah. like amazing like, so I was gonna pick her yeah so my person is uh, Charlene A. Caruthers, and she is a black, queer, and feminist community organizer. And she's a writer with over 15 years of experience in um, racial justice, feminism, and youth leadership. And she is the founding national director of the Black Youth Project. And she's worked alongside a bunch of young black activists to lead this organization it's actually a national organization too which i haven't like heard people talking about yet you know it's called byp 100 it's black youth project 100 just like a little bit i don't really know about it yeah i don't yeah yeah you guys should check it out we'll do Uh uh-huh so um, she led grassroots and strategy campaigns for national organizations, like multiple of them, including the Women's Media Center, ColorofChange.org, National People's Action, and the Center for Community Change. Wow. So yeah, she's done like a lot. And how old is she? <laughs> wow. She's 36. Oh, wow. That's a lot for being yeah. so young. That's, oh my mm-hmm. god. And we're going to talk about another thing um she is the founder and executive director of the chicago center for leadership and transformation which is a learning community for political education and like organizing um you know like organizations (laughs) so i think that's really good because people like now more than ever i think or probably all the time you know all throughout history want to work in you know improving yeah. people's rights yeah. obviously because we still have so much work yeah to i do. feel like i feel like so um, in the past it was more like it was easier for white straight men middle-aged to be able to get into these positions but i feel like these like organizations really help like everyone get in which helps Actual like um, with inclusivity yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah because change. i don't think like 
these white straight men have not done much a lot for anyone. <laughs> yeah, and that's been yeah, the pattern really for yeah, 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 shows sure, like ever. women, Even now. black, LGBTQ, disabled. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So many mm-hmm. people have to face. It's just like, and of course, some of course some mm-hmm. people have done yeah, like yeah, a lot for it. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, I understand. But it's better to have like all these new people with like better perspective. Um, yeah. variation yeah. <laughs> in mm-hmm. politics and i'm gonna say one more thing for her um she's the author of a best-selling book so i definitely i kind of want to read it like loki okay. it's called <laughs> unapologetic a black queer and feminist mandate wow. for radical movements yeah might have to read that and too. it's available in english <laughs> and spanish that's yeah that's actually like so yeah. much like it's yeah. very inspiring. <laughs> I feel like I should do yeah. more. You know, mm-hmm. like if, if she's that young, yeah. imagine like like twenty years what she could do when she's like fifty something. Yeah, and that's and then multiply yeah. that by like a yeah. lot and more. more people, that's that's how many more people are yeah. going to go into that, yeah. and then hopefully yeah. that will actually do something. Yeah, plus the organization she started, like the people that she's gonna teach yeah. to. So that's great. Okay then, mm-hmm. um, I guess I will go into my first person, and I picked. Tarana Burke I think I am saying that correct but everyone I think a lot of people have heard of her but I still feel like she's very important to mention um so she started the Me Too movement yeah um oh. yeah I yeah I honestly if you think about it like I feel like a lot of people know what Me Too is but they don't know who like actually founded it they make like yeah, a and, joke out yeah, of it. Yeah, really but they weird. don't don't always know like who founded it, and I feel like that's important. And I feel like they associate like me too with like I'm not saying like just like white celebrities that were victims of sexual assault. That's like obviously yeah. super important. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a bunch of other people around the world that have been sexually assaulted, and it's like we should give them mm-hmm. voices too. And this mm-hmm. and yeah, and the fact that she did this like really gave voice to yeah. so many people, and that's great. Yeah. Um, she actually what inspired her the most to do this was that she um, met a girl at her camp that she was um, directing it was a youth camp and they were doing like an all girl bonding session and this girl she wanted to talk to her and um, she told her that she was being sexually abused by her mother's boyfriend and um, she said that that's what influenced her the most to be able to do this and she said that mm-hmm. she experienced so many women of color going through sexual abuse and this was a great way for her to do that you know and so she founded yeah. it in 2006 i believe um and it mm-hmm. was yeah it was amazing and she's she's done so much and nobody really knows her name that much also she in a speech she mm-hmm. said that this was a famous quote <laughs> it was a ted talk in 2018 and she was like me too is a movement not a moment which needs to be it remembered because yes. that happens yeah. all the time. Yeah, things yeah. turn into like fads. Yeah, they become trendy. But and then at that like, point, it's, it's like, it's not even like a movement. It's you yeah. just. And I also feel like along, black women are like often like told to be like silenced about like sexual, sexual assault. Especially if it's like by a family mm-hmm. member. Like the family wants to like, keep it quiet. Mm-hmm. They don't really like to talk about it. Like I don't feel like a lot of black women um, talk about like their abuse because of like. Like yeah, yeah, stuff. and I would, I would understand yeah. just yeah. being silent about it because I understand not wanting like your family to like um, it's like put you down for yeah, something like this. It's a very huge deal. I'm not. I don't think they like agree like their child mm-hmm. like, should be abused, but especially in like Africa, 
and yeah, like yeah. pain and stuff like that. It's like if you were abused, you sh- it's like oh you should you were acting too grown. You shouldn't like acting like that. But it's like the sexualization of children at a young age that really brings this like out. Yeah, like, yeah. Especially like, black yeah. girls are often really like sexualized when they're like young, and it's like I heard I saw somewhere that like <laughs> by like the age of sixteen like 75 percent of black women have been like sexually mm-hmm. assaulted or like abused that's like crazy oh wow and this me too movement really helped with getting out everyone's thing and if you think about it like there's so much like so many people are have come out but then you think about it and it's like how many people yeah. have it million yeah it's insane like there's so mm-hmm. many it's just compared to the men that have this disgusting like for like power yeah it's it's, it's it's really it's so bad and obviously they can threaten the women and they can like they just have this like whether it's like a relationship power or like a job anything they like feel like they can do that and not have any repercussions black people are more like um likely to be victims and then be silent about it i was doing this like project for school and i came up like i came up across this like this information and it said that 60 percent of ethiopian women say they experience sexual violence like 60 percent of women in ethiopia wow yeah i've heard that a lot of um a lot of sexual assault is like rampant a lot of those countries but there was actually a rape epidemic like an epidemic going on over there and 35% oh, wow. of women worldwide say that they experience um, physical or sexual forms of abuse by an intimate partner. That, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not even like, that's not even like a right number too, because yeah. some people just don't like report it ever, mm-hmm. or they don't recognize it as sexual abuse. And like, because the, the they blame themselves. Yeah. And like, a lot of these like very mm-hmm. like, I don't know, how do I like say this? Like, traditional countries, they like really place the gender norms hard on women yeah 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 because that's just part of being a girl yeah because with like that also comes into play with like child marriages (laughs) which i was doing for a project yeah yeah um um yeah a lot of these men who marry these little girls also rape them which then they have to have children yeah that's horrible because if you marry a little kid that's all yeah it's already horrible statutory rape yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually wrote about that really? <laughs> um, for my project. That is, like, even though, like, they say that they're all against it, are they really? Because no laws yeah. are really being passed for this. And then they shame these countries yeah. for this stuff. But it's, it's actually right yeah. here, here think, too, you know? It's, it's just like, a it's world happening right thing. next door, right yeah. in your own country. People are being, like, like, little children are being slaves to these old men. And people are just like, oh, well sexualization yeah. is just For a huge issue yeah. yeah that will that will go into in another yeah. episode because yeah. there's so much more yeah, we, we can talk about we'll cover that in an episode <laughs> okay then um kate do you want to go okay, into yeah. your second my person? second person is amani barbian i think i said that right and she is like she like does a lot of stuff on social media you've probably seen her on like tiktok or twitter she's like really famous on twitter and stuff like mm-hmm. that but she's the director of communications at Outreach of Disability Rights Pennsylvania, and she's a Forbes, a Forbes contributor. She was born with cerebral palsy and another type of disease, and she started this blog called Crutches and Spice, where she talks more about um, Black people in the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Because I feel like uh, in the Black Lives Matter movement, they really focus on Black men, which is like 
obviously like a big thing but they kind of ignore mm-hmm. like black women yeah. and then in that um di- black disabled people and then black lgbtq people like i feel like they really shun like those people away within like the whole community yeah once again this comes to like yeah gender I mean, like, I'm <laughs> it's not, like, I'm gonna, like mm-hmm. stereotype yeah. anybody but a lot of black men when you go on social media they just try to like they bring down women and they also bring down like black lgbtq she really talks a lot about um black disabled people disability rights and advocates for them across like the world and in america so my second person for the current times is angela davis and i (laughs) low-key had fun researching her (laughs) because um she is a she was a professor at ucla Mm -hmm. right um but she joined uh the like black panthers Mm -hmm. group you know Uh like that activism group or whatever and she joined an all-black branch of the communist (laughs) party okay (laughs) i love that about her genuinely i love that about her okay and she fell out of favor with the administration at ucla because she was a part of those groups right um and she was also charged because so this is another good story (laughs) so she tried to help someone escape from prison (laughs) but the reason why this happened okay is because so angela davis um was a strong supporter of three prison inmates at the soledad Mm -hmm. prison okay because they were accused of killing a prison guard okay after several black inmates Mm -hmm. had been killed by said guard Mm -hmm. So she was like an extremely passionate activist, you know. During her trial, um, I know one of their trials, like the Mm -hmm. the Soledad brothers' trials, um, she helped them attempt to escape. Okay, Um, she was brought up later for um, several charges from her being involved in, you know, like the. I guess, like, support of the Soledad Brothers mm-hmm. and what she had started, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, about, like, their their rights and them, like, mm-hmm. defending themselves in a way, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but she went into hiding <laughs> and she was one of the FBI's <laughs> most wanted. Well, that's... Wow, so... <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And then, and then, she returned to teaching. How? Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know, but she wrote really like good books about um women, race, class structure, feminism, black women, like in uh, activism. You know, like they're the fact that they're black women also gives them an even like lower platform than yeah. any women or any black person mm-hmm. too you know and she also wrote um a lot about the meaning of freedom and about prisons as well because you know they mistreated those people in prison like horribly and that's what her whole thing was about was that she wanted to do something i suppose about the way that people are being mistreated in prison 
and specifically like black mm-hmm. people as well and we see that because, very like very yeah. prominently like, so like, i know this is not real yeah, but in this one yeah. episode of criminal minds <laughs> yeah so like um criminal this, minds these this guard was like killed and they were like accusing um this one black um prisoner but it turns out that the guards were actually like mm-hmm. making these prisoners like mm-hmm. fight and like these two prisoners had, had like a really good relationship and i think they were like oh, dating and they and the guards like made them like kill each other mm-hmm. because they were black yes. and because they were gay <gasps> oh my god you're spoiling it <laughs> sorry but like <laughs> no it's okay it's okay yeah. edit in the warning edit <laughs> in the warning um, that episode was like a really good um representation of like how black people are treated in prison and like how like the yeah. not like yeah obviously like there was like black prison guards but, like how white people and like the black people in there are like on like a different type of hierarchy it's like even like, super unbalanced with like the mm-hmm. power dynamic yeah of course and black people in prison just like yeah in this story in Angela Davis's life like when um the whole like sole reason why she defended the Soledad brothers and why the Soledad brothers did what they did is because you know said cop yeah. that they murdered um it was he was like, yeah, a horrible accused person. of murdering several mm-hmm. black people like it is it was the racially yeah, motivated so thing like, yeah, that person. that man was doing yeah and yeah like that even though a criminal minds yeah. episode technically isn't it real, could be real it is kind of very yeah yeah it, it's like even, yeah we it could know. happen and we've yeah, seen like very prominently happen. lately especially on like social media um all, how horrible how flawed how flawed the criminal justice system incarceration is, when it comes to it's black like, people yeah. it's like a funneling system like, yeah especially in like lower income neighborhoods like they're funneling um black teenage boys specifically like yeah. from straight from school they either drop out and end up in prison or they drop or they end up on the streets because like society and like the way that they're treated and viewed in said neighborhoods they're, they're not given the same benefits that someone in a more well-off neighborhood would be able to have like it's not mm-hmm. necessarily that they're like that they can't achieve more but it's that they aren't given like, the chances to do better for themselves yeah I'll go into my second person for the present and i picked sharon green and while okay if you look at it i picked her because she like she has a lot to do with pop culture you know and it's cool mm-hmm. yeah so um she was actually the first female rapper um she was known as um shah rock and um there's not that much on her honestly even if since she was the like um first female rapper there was not much on her and and as we know like yeah the, um the like um rap industry i guess um is like mostly men mm-hmm. and i feel like what she yeah. did was like a good thing for like um woman you know yeah sure. even though you look at it and it's not like she um like did as much technically speaking as our like um mm-hmm. last people but she did like a pretty good amount like doing what she did you know anyways so um she was part of this group that was called Funky Four Plus One, and she was technically considered <laughs> the plus one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, um, she and she said herself that she was like 
she tried to do this because there are so many male rappers out there and she didn't really get to see many um female rappers back there and she she talked about like her story of going through this whole job and it was hard just like it is for like um black women in most jobs like you know because it's mostly male white male dominated um and so yeah but uh, yeah um anyways so it's just male dominated like the rap industry is mostly male dominated and so it was hard for her to like um be a female rapper as we as we know now like a lot of female rappers still get a lot of criticism even though it is like 2021 but you know (laughs) and what um this was around like the 1970s Okay, so yeah, even at the, the time, time too, too, like black people didn't have yeah. a lot of a say, you know. So the fact that yeah. she was a black so, female, I think I'll bring up like many harder, times you know? to talk about Nicki Minaj, but I just wanted to talk about her. So with like I think I saw like an interview, but I think it was by Megan. I'm not really sure, mm-hmm. but she was talking about how um, black women have to like not they don't have to, but like they constantly sexualize themselves within their music because black women are sexualized so they're yeah. seen as like objects objects and cardi b said that like she has like some more like yeah more like toned down music that like doesn't get as much like hype because they're not like super sexual and she talks about how like she doesn't want to sexualize herself like all of like a bunch but she's forced to because like to appeal mm-hmm. to yeah. like yeah the white men or the black men that see like black women as like objects yeah yeah. yeah yeah and it's like yeah um, a lot of um rap songs they're very very sexual <laughs> and they're mostly made yeah by yeah. men um and they focus on like yeah but this sexualized women yeah about so women. it's like so but they don't mm-hmm. but they don't get criticism but then the second like a female rapper does something like um something writes a sexual song or something sexual, and she's criticized yeah. and you know it's just like how can you criticize um, a woman for doing yeah. something that exactly. men like, have been yeah, doing like, for all these years? Like, you know? When WAP came out, everyone was acting like it was like yeah, the exactly. song to ever be written. But like, have you ever heard like a, yeah, like, yeah. a like it's very it's very explicit. Like, Don't uh, get me wrong. Literally any other song, it's like over mm-hmm. sexual, and it's it's like the double standard that women are placed on. And then on top of that, being a yeah. black woman, it's just mm-hmm. it's a lot. Yeah. Everybody criticized WAP for being so sexual, but then so much but then they go and listen to like sexual rap music it's like (laughs) yeah what's your point here you know they don't like seeing women like take the sexualization that is placed on them and like Mm -hmm, make it yeah yeah, express it like empower themselves from that that, this lady was really good because she had to go through so much in the like rap industry Mm -hmm. and like Compared to like a lot of science, like the medical industry, all that, we know that it's still male dominated and still hard for um, females to get through that. But I feel like the rap industry is even yeah. harder, kind of in a way, because it's mm-hmm. so male dominated and it's been for so long, even now. Um, like compared to all the like um, rappers that you know, like the male rappers, like there's like one in every like yeah. 10. Um, yeah, but Nicki one female Minaj in every time. Yeah. The queen of rap, you know? Nicki yeah. Minaj is the of queen rap. <laughs> of rap. Okay, then. I guess we'll go into our future. So, who um, wants to start off? I guess I'll start off. So, this girl's name is Zulaika Patel. I'm not sure if I said that right, but she's in South Africa. You've probably seen her before, but you didn't really know her name. But um, 
in 2016 in her, in her school in South Africa, when she was only 13 years old, her and her classmates um, were holding like this mm. silent protest to change the school's um, racist hair rules for black girls. So she had like an afro and like the, mm-hmm. the school dress mm. code said that she, um, that the hair had to be conservative neat and, it, and in keeping with the school uniform. And the teacher said that her and her friend's hair were exotic. So they, so they had a bunch of, yeah, they had a bunch what? of like silent protests. Exotic. There wasn't like physical or anything like, like that, like extreme going on, uh-huh. but it like changed um, like the rules in her school. And yeah. it really changed like around the world. Cause I feel like, like a lot of people are like, are stigmatizing like black hair, especially like Afro with like natural black hair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard so much, like, yeah. recently about, like, in the workplace, for some reason, people consider, like, natural yeah. black hair. And, as, and like, if you think about it, that's not, like, something yeah. that you would really think that, like, yeah. would matter that much. But then you look at, like, statistics, and it's, like, yeah. so many black women are not, like, um, are, like, discriminated yeah, the work because of yeah. their hair. And it's just, like, it's just, how can you do that mm-hmm. to someone because of their hair, you know? Yeah. And in a quote with the Global Citizen, she said, I'm motivated to bring change to society because I believe no young person should abandon their childhood to fight struggles that should have been fought decades ago. And I completely, completely agree with that. Like, we are in 2021 Mm -hmm. now, presently, and we're still fighting for equal rights. Our, like, literally hair rights. Like, this is ridiculous. Literally Yeah, it's a weird thing to have to fight for about the way you wear your hair. And it's so stupid too. It's like your hair. <laughs> like you're really, yeah. you're really. Gonna like, are you kidding me? Like, are you really gonna oppress people and like tell them that they look exactly, unprofessional yeah. because their like, hair is natural? I don't understand. She was what just thirteen want. years old. Like thirteen, going to school. That's like what grade is that? Like seventh grade. Wow. Thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Eighth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Eighth, wow. Then. And it's like, kind of crazy that like people this young and have kind of like abandon their childhood for that yeah and for like yeah. a teacher to tell like a middle yeah. schooler like and it was your in, hair does not go yeah the rules. Is mostly <laughs> like white people and in school not not in that mm-hmm. school but a lot of schools in yeah. Africa the black people that go to like these predominantly white schools are not allowed to speak are not allowed to speak their native tongue you're only allowed to speak English or this oh my god called Africans or something yeah. like that I'm not really sure I have such a good thing <laughs> to talk about okay so um the apartheid okay i don't know if you guys have like researched that but i've done so much research on the apartheid because it was a system of segregation Mm -hmm. in south africa that didn't end okay it didn't end until like 1995 they they were segregating like extremely like they were they had like you know the whole thing where it was like um the white people area and like the darker area over here and it took them so long that's crazy to change that 1995 oh my god mm-hmm. and it was yeah. like segregation yeah. between the white people that oh yeah black people yeah and the black people in africa oh in my South god africa. yeah and when i went crazy. to haiti there's not like a lot yeah. of white people that just like mosey around and live in haiti or anything like that but like the like the people mm-hmm. that do live there, there's like mm-hmm. such like a like a wealth imbalance. You can see like like the wealthy like the wealthy white people that live in Haiti and like the poor, poor, poor people that live there. And it's really like it's aggravating because 
they're basically like colonizing this country and mm-hmm. like separating people that are already like so so be free like- so for the future i do not have a person but i do have okay. a topic that i okay. need to bring up okay so um Mm-hmm. For the future, right? So currently, obviously, stuff has been opening up a lot more. People have been starting to actually be heard mm-hmm. in activism. Mm-hmm. You know, because activism has yeah. been happening forever. It has been yeah. always happening. It's never stopped. But it's until, like, last year that, you know, people started yeah. actually yeah. having a platform. It's because of social media. Right. I feel like social media played so much. That and yeah. stuff, you know. Performative activism, too. Uh-huh. That is what I wanted to talk about. So, <laughs> the the thing about the current opening of activism, right, is that Wendy? now that it's like open, yeah, and like trendy, which is like such yeah. a weird yeah. word to describe a movement. And black Haiti's generation. entire history yeah. is about yeah, like, like yeah. unionization, is it not? First yeah, black country to. Um, Performative activism activism is basically like social desirability, yeah. which we learned in psych. Like, but yeah, everybody else cares about <laughs> like, you. Just mm-hmm. want to look good, <laughs> just so I can fit in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they don't do research. They don't actually take action. They don't they do, do things. They don't. They don't want people they to just, think that they're racist. You know, they want to like performative activism is racist, but it makes you yeah. just like yeah. it makes you ignorant, and it makes you look silly. Yeah, I think. I yeah, think a lot yeah. Of these, like, people who good. are performative activists don't really realize it. You know, they may think that they're like doing mm-hmm. all they could. You know, but there's always like more. You know, you can do. And of course, like being like a yeah. high schooler and like being like as young as we are, there's not that much. Yeah, that you of course, can it's hard. physically do. But like a lot of these people are just doing mm-hmm. it for um to look good and yeah. And it's very prominent yeah, in yeah, like exactly. high school. A lot of people especially. that we go to school and, with. Uh-huh. Another <laughs> yeah. thing that Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. So another thing um, that I wanted to bring up was the difference between like corporation activism for profit mm-hmm. and actual activism. Because in the future, of course, like now that um, companies see this as an opportunity yeah, to yeah. profit, you know. And companies see it as an opportunity to be like, we support like LGBTQ, this black people. group. You know, you should yeah. buy our product. Yeah. Using yeah. them. Like, you're literally, yeah. you're just like yeah, exploiting yeah. I- them. Yeah. Like, they, that is the bare minimum to be like, we support yeah, yeah, the Black yeah. Lives Matter movement. Like, that yeah, is and I think about literally this a lot, the bare Especially when I walk through the mall. <laughs> because the one thing is that I was thinking about yeah. this, like, um in june which i think is um yeah <laughs> a pride month <laughs> walk through halls in the mall and you look around mm-hmm. and it's like all pride month decorated like the in in the what's it called yeah. the windows where you see the inside of the store they all show like um yeah pride yeah like, and all yeah that. And then you, you think about it and it's like, are they doing this for yeah, real like or are they doing it for a profit? And you kind of just can't yeah, know. Yeah. And like companies that are like black owned or like uh, queer owned companies that sell this mm-hmm. like year round, like their main purpose for the company yeah. 
is to achieve this yeah. goal in activism. That yeah. is an actual corporation. And of course, we're not like saying that, that like um, all corporations are in it for the money, but there are a lot that just sure. do it, like for sure. Like you can tell, you corporation exactly. that's like actually yeah. like not a performative activism because like a couple years ago, before um, Pride Month became like corporatized and stuff like that, when, corp- when companies were trying to just sell you anything with a with a rainbow, yeah, nobody was talking about. Um, Pride mm-hmm. mugs or like yeah. anything up, but it's like mm-hmm. the second something becomes um, politicized and public and popular, that's when all the companies yeah. want to like get like mm-hmm. just take people's money. The thing about it is too is that yeah, you can tell that there's no heart in it if it's like a big corporation and like the main people involved in that corporation are like rich yeah. white straight men yeah, yeah. that like exploit and their they don't workers, like even promote, you know. Like, that's yeah. not that doesn't make you company. an activist it's like if you're like yeah. 10 like you actually hear like hire some yeah not like not hire them because they're black but hire them because like they're equal to you but it's just like all white people like i think all not just black people all yeah. minorities deserve yeah. a place in like these companies like they worked hard for it but they're often like shunned away because they don't they're mm-hmm. not viewed as yeah. professional against the hairstyles or like intelligent one of my future people that I'm pretty sure now everybody knows about, but I feel like before the inauguration, not many people knew about her. Um, so I picked Amanda yeah. Gorman, who mm-hmm. um, she she wrote the poem um, mm-hmm. that she performed at the inauguration, and it was mm-hmm. really long, and it was talking about um, black people and racial systematic racism and all that, and it was like really powerful, very moving, um, and. The thing is that like before before this, nobody really recognized her. So it was actually really good that at the inauguration they were able to give like a platform. Yeah, yeah that they were able to give her and, a voice. Um she was mm-hmm. she's the youngest inaugural poem in US history. And she also um is a cum laude mm-hmm. graduate of Harvard University. Yeah. Yeah, it's like <laughs> crazy. Wow. And she's written like um she's written three books yeah. and for the New York Times. And it's just like crazy, like how? Is she twenty? And she's like twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, I think 22? she's around that age. I don't know for sure exactly what age she is, but she's wow. And she's very yeah, of course. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for doing that. Okay. Oh, she was also on the so time twenty-two. And she had a she had a um, what's it called? Wow. An interview with Michelle Obama. Yeah. Yeah. She deserves yeah, it. Wow, she really amazing. does. Now that we're coming to the end of our episode, I have a fun fact. So, <laughs> um, in <laughs> Ireland, the Netherlands, and the United Kingdom, Black History Month is actually celebrated in October. And this is because it was first celebrated in London in 1987 as a part of the African Jubilee Year, which um, uh, when Dr. Maulana Karenga from the US was invited to an mm-hmm. event to um, mark the contributions of Black people throughout history. Black Month in America is celebrated in February okay, because okay, February twelfth is Abraham Lincoln's birthday, and February twentieth is Frederick Douglass's birthday. And Douglass is an abolitionist, abolitionist in Massachusetts, and he did a lot of work there. So we hope you guys.
guys really enjoyed this episode and we have a lot of great ideas and topics coming up in the next couple weeks and we plan on posting every single weekend so please stick around Sincerely, teens.